Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself, and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello. So today we are talking about the seventh principle of intuitive eating, coping with emotions without food. This one was a difficult one for me to learn and I had to branch outside of intuitive eating in order to find some ways to cope with my emotions that wasn't using food because that had really became a big way I was coping with my emotions was using food. So when I first started learning intuitive eating, it really solved the binges for me that came from the fear of like restriction and from knowing a restriction was coming tomorrow. So I might as well eat more today. And I really found those go away. But I was still emotional eating, whether that was feeling tired, but I needed to still stay awake and keep getting some work done. Or is like that mid-afternoon where I started feeling tired and then just wanted a snack or it's like feeling stressed out from my job I was in and just wanting to relax a little bit or it's bored in the evenings and or as a way to unwind and there were different ways I was emotional eating where then afterwards I wouldn't feel very good physically and I didn't learn how to deal with this in the space of intuitive eating it's kind of a place that is lacking we have a principle around it but not really an effective way of teaching this in my opinion Because a common mistake in what I did myself and seen in other people is just swapping the actions that we're doing. So we see this sometimes in people when they go from binging with food to then just spending all their time on social media instead or shopping overly instead. Instead of eating food, they're shopping as a way to spend money and still get some distraction and fun out of it. And I'll have to talk with clients sometimes about these different aspects when we are shifting just the way we are buffering. And so when I say buffering, I mean when we're doing something to distract from our emotions. So I see this with people also who experience like, oh, I tried to go for a walk as a way to like cope with my emotions because that's one of the common healthy alternatives I see to emotional eating is like people are like, oh, go for a walk instead and get some movement. And then they get back from the walk and they're like, oh, well, I still feel how I was feeling before. And then I start eating. Or they get back, they're no longer distracted because they're no longer out on the walk. And so then they go turn to food. Because eating, watching TV, buying things, going for a walk, talking to people, a lot of it can be helpful things to do. But they're not really us sitting down to process the emotion that we're experiencing. I need to start writing down what examples I share in these episodes. I'm going to start making a list today because I have a couple stories that I had put down as notes to share and I can't remember if I've shared them before. So I'm going to start making notes. So if you have heard these examples and stories before, I apologize. I'm going to start making notes of them so I'm not repeating them. But bear with me if you haven't. And I might say it in a different way that helps it click. Because usually we need to hear things more than once before they really click in our heads. So the first one really being that emotions are like sensations and vibrations that we feel in our body so like when we're feeling anxious we might feel shaking or like when you're so mad that you're like shaking could be like that or like shame where it feels really really hot usually for most people or they just feel that energy in their body with different emotions is how we experience them so what we do is most people live their lives kind of fighting against their emotions and resisting them. So that experience of resisting our emotion feels a lot more like holding a beach ball under the water. So if you ever tried to hold a ball full of air underwater, it wants to pop back up out of the water. So you're sitting there fighting it, trying to hold it down, and you either continue having the strain of trying to hold it down or it pops out of the water and explodes. 
versus when we just allow and process the emotion, it's much more like throwing the beach ball into a pool and then those ripples come out from the impact of the ball hitting the water and when those ripples come out, but eventually they stop and they go away. And when we actually allow and process the emotion, we experience those vibrations easing and going away because we allow those ripples to fully go around. So when we allow those emotions, eventually they pass. Sometimes it passes within a matter of minutes. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer depending on the emotion. But it's so much different than holding the beach ball under the water, which as we're continuing to fight, we can be like shaking in the water. We can be creating more ripples, trying to adjust, trying to hold it down. And we create so many more ripples in our body, which is why we can experience when we are trying to resist and fight our emotions. Most of us view feeling our emotions as a completely terrible feeling because we aren't really used to allowing the emotion. We're used to fighting the emotions, which creates all that much more resistance and tension and effects in our body. And it takes so much more energy to fight against and resist the emotion than it takes to allow it just to be there. It just takes a skill set to allow it to be there because it's not something we've usually practiced. We've usually tried to like hold it down, not let see people see us like cry, not let people see us upset and just try to like hold it in rather than just sitting with it. And even when you're practiced with this, there are some emotions that are just uncomfortable emotions and that's okay. They're just going to be part of our human experience and even if we don't really want to experience them because they're uncomfortable, what ends up happening is we're still experiencing the emotions that we don't want to feel. Then we just also feel the resistance to experiencing that emotion as well. So then it feels so much worse because it's like if you had a pile of this discomfort they didn't want to feel and then you just like doubled it by fighting it and then we just compound our own experience. Another thing that happens is when we try to action our way around the emotion, so whether that's going for a walk, whether that's just buying something, eating, anything that we're using to distract ourselves from it, is that emotion still needs to be processed. Like we still need to work through that. And all we're doing is delaying it. And then we have the effects of whatever we're using to distract it that we may not like. And whether that is something that we're procrastinating on so we watch tv instead but then it's like well we still have to do that activity and now we had all this experience instead of just enjoying watching tv in the back of our mind we had oh i still have to do this thing i should really do this oh but it's so fun here like we have all that energy that we're wasting in that versus just going to do the thing and allowing the discomfort of doing the thing or of not eating the food and allowing the discomfort of that and then later we get to experience that emotion being processed and not having a stomach ache Because really what happens when we are distracting ourselves is it's like shoving that emotion under the rug. It's like if you had a pile of dust and instead of like sweeping it up and like getting it out of the house, you just swept it under a rug. It's like, or shoved it in the closet. Eventually that volume of stuff that's like shoved under the rug makes there's a mound on the rug and you can no longer like walk on it normally or the closet doors won't close anymore. It's still there. We may not notice it. We may be able to go hours or days or even weeks without experiencing it but those things that keep coming back up it's usually because we haven't processed the emotion socially associated with it there can be other reasons too but this is a big piece of it and i just want to plug too that i'm not talking about processing past traumas because that's something you should go to therapy for (laughs) i'm talking about just sitting with the emotion that we're experiencing in that moment. So if that's stress, if that's anxiety, whatever that emotion that we're experiencing just as part of our daily life, just so that way we can cope with it better by not needing to distract ourselves from ourselves. I had a client explain her experience to me like this once. and I thought it was so perfect because it reminded me of what I used to do too. But she said just, oh, you know, every few months she just needs a night to have a breakdown and then she can go back to normal again. And by breakdown, she means just like, 
crying, like talking to her friends, like and just like massively crying and overeating or like watching movies or just like having that big cry and having that breakdown. And then she can go back to normal because really what's happening is here is she can't like hold that beach bell down any longer and then it explodes out of the water. And then she experiences that breakdown of just like really emotional, really crying, not being able to hold it in anymore because you just can't hold that beach ball down and it explodes out. Whereas if we stopped to process the emotions on the along the way, then we don't get to that point of feeling like it's a volcano erupting around us and we're just experiencing our emotions and it's completely overwhelming. It's kind of like if you, after every single meal and after you're using a dish, if you just put it right into the dishwasher, the dishes just never end up piling up and it takes so much less work. But if you just stack them on the counter and stack them on the sink and just don't take care of them right away, eventually it just turns into like a dish mountain and it takes so much longer to take care of all the dishes. And plus, you spend so much of that time thinking about like, oh, I should really do the dishes. Oh, but there's so many. I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Like, I just don't want to. And it drains so much more energy because you're in that process of like resisting the thing that you want to do because you're telling yourself I should do the dishes versus I'm like reflecting on like, do I want to do the dishes right now? Or do I just like doing all the dishes at once when it's a big pile? Because then we judge ourselves sometimes about not just taking care of it right away thinking that that's the way that we're supposed to do it when maybe we just like taking care of them all at once and we don't really give ourselves that time to reflect on that we just kind of judge ourselves and think about it all the time and then it's just weighing on us in the back of our mind versus being something that's just taken care of and i may know this example from experience and that's why i'm talking (laughs) okay so the first tip i have for you this week is to give yourself permission to emotionally eat still so i say this because I did this to myself at first where I tried to not emotionally eat. Like I told myself like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't like how I feel with it. What we have to understand with emotional eating is like later we see it as a problem when we're experiencing the after effects of it, when we're feeling bloated, when we aren't feeling very good. But in that moment where we want to emotionally eat, emotional eating is a solution to the current problem we're experiencing. Not So we don't think about that future one. So when we're seeing emotional eating as a solution, it's because it allows us to distract from the current discomfort that we're feeling. And so we want to escape from that and we have to train ourselves away from that. And I think that like just telling yourself not to emotionally eat is the least effective way to train yourself out of wanting that solution. Because so often it's associated with like we do it as like a way of resistance where it's like no I can't eat that I'm not gonna have it I'm not gonna emotionally and we're really like we're doing the same thing as when we're pushing away emotion we're pushing away that urge to eat and that can like eventually reach a breaking point where it's just like then we just binge and usually what happens when we get to that binge is then we just check out mentally from what we're doing and what we're experiencing and how our body is feeling until later on when we're like then feeling bloated and not feeling very good. Maybe it's even the next morning when we come back to having that awareness of how our body is feeling and how we're feeling mentally too, because that's usually when we start to beat ourselves up for the binge too. So giving yourself permission to emotionally eat is so crucial because you keep that decision in that moment as like I, like if you're at that point where you are going to end up choosing to emotionally eat is bring it to that choice of I am choosing this right now for this reason and I like this reason right now like I don't want to experience this emotion like let me try out this solution and I'm going to give you an example of how I use this and this is one of the stories I can't remember if I shared already or not so bear with me if you have but what I did was one of the things I really experienced because this is around the time when I was still working full-time and I was growing my business and I 
felt tired a lot because I was working a lot of hours. And what I would end up doing is like I needed to continue to work, but I was extremely tired and my body would just want sugary food. And with intuitive eating, I was giving myself permission to eat that food, not really recognizing that the reason I was doing it was because I was feeling tired. So I would end up eating a lot of candy or something that had a lot of sugar in it. And then I would feel terrible afterwards. And so as I was starting to explore the emotional side of this and why I was still having those binges is I started to recognize I'm like, oh, it's when I'm feeling really tired that I'm doing this. So I first tried to approach it from like, no, just don't have it. Nope. This isn't physical hunger. Don't do it. And like brought that like resistance into it. And then one day I decided to just give myself permission to eat. And so I sat down, ate the candy and watched myself. Like I watched how my mentally, how I was changing physically, how I was changing. And what I noticed was I still felt tired and then I didn't feel very good. So it wasn't actually providing the solution that I thought it was. It was helping me feel better for a little bit, but overall it wasn't providing the gain that I thought it was to my life, not providing the benefit that I thought it was. In fact, it was making me feel worse. And so with that awareness, I slowly stopped having the urge to eat in that way because the next time it happened, I was like, okay, I understand like this is what I want and that's the solution I've been using in the past, but it turns out I don't really like that solution. So what if I try something else? Like what if I try some tea or something? Or what if I get up and stretch for a little bit? And I kept playing around with different things until eventually I realized, you know, all of these things don't really fix me feeling tired because what I need is sleep and what I need it also is to finish this work that I have to do. So I'm just going to feel tired and continue working. And even though tired is like a physical feeling, it's not necessarily an emotion. We can't have an emotion of being tired, but it's also just a physical thing. I still just like allowed myself to be tired and I stopped fighting that and stopped trying to not be tired anymore. And letting go of that resistance to feeling tired opened up so much more space in my mind for me to just focus and get the work done I needed to do a lot more quickly. And then what ended up happening is I would get done with my work more quickly and I'd be able to go to bed sooner when I stopped the cycle of fighting myself. Which is why I think that giving yourself permission to emotionally eat is such a more effective way to work through these urges and these different triggers that we might have. Because we're not trying to fight against the thing that we want, we are working with what we want in that moment to really find the best solution for ourselves in that moment. So the other tip would be to know those other ways, like keep emotional eating. Think of it as like a tool and like a tool back box filled of like different ways that you can cope. So there's the one that's just like processing the emotion, sitting with it. But sometimes we might not have the capacity to do that. Like we might not have the time to do that. We might just kind of be emotionally fatigued and not really have the, the energy to process that emotion and keeping those other things a way to cope with our emotions and distract ourselves can be useful just that way we have options and we can decide which one's best for us especially while we're building this skill set because that is the last one I wanted to talk about and it's so true that like any new skill we're doing feels uncomfortable at first and with processing emotions in the way of just like sitting with the vibrations that we have in our body and just breathing into it naming where you're experiencing in your body naming it fully and just experiencing those sensations does take some time to get used to practicing so and it can be scary that's the other piece too because i've had numerous people tell me that they're worried if they let themselves feel sad or let themselves feel anxious that the feeling is just going to overwhelm them and then they're just going to be stuck in negativity and they're never going to get out of it but the thing that they don't see 
is by fighting against that negativity, they're keeping themselves stuck in it. But it can be very scary to start allowing yourself to feel that. So you want to start small and maybe not starting with anxiety or a big emotion. Maybe it's just starting with a little one. Maybe it's a time when you're feeling happy and joyous and then you want to like just sit with that for a little bit. Starting small can really allow us to like play with the edges of this skill versus trying to dive in and overwhelm ourselves. It's like if you're learning to swim, you don't just jump right into the deep end. You start in the shallow end where you can still sand and like start practicing being in the water. Or it's like if you were to go to the gym, you don't immediately reach for a 50 pound dumbbell to do a bicep curl if you've never done a curl in your entire life. You allow time for your muscles to get used to the emotion and to grow and to become stronger before you just go all in on those type of movements or that size of a weight. So you don't just go all into fully processing emotions unless you feel comfortable and safe to do that because it is creating a safety in experiencing that emotion. The other way I like to explain it is like through stretching. So when we are stretching our muscles, how we are growing our flexibility is we are teaching our muscles that it is safe to extend to that length and not get injured. And it's very similar when we are learning to process emotions. If we have a base and we're used to buffering it and not experiencing it at all, we can't just go into like a full forward bend and like be pancaked in that or go into a full split if we've never built up the flexibility for it and a lot of times we can't fully experience an emotion if we haven't built up the emotional capacity for it because we have to create that feeling of safety that we can fully experience that and be okay because food is a basic need that we have so it's very much tied to our safety so when we feel like food's really restricted our safety feels at risk and then we can really start to tie it into our emotions and we can start to tie it into our emotions by using food as a way to cope with them and if we can separate that out then we can fully just experience and enjoy food and have our emotions taken care of and they don't have to be fully connected as we've made them like they can be something that we experience fully in both ways and not have them so intermingled that it impacts our life in this way because I did not like how it felt like almost every day I was feeling bloated and not feeling good and just felt awful around food and didn't trust myself and was just waiting for myself to lose control all the time. And that experience with food just detracted from my life versus now my life feels so much more expanded when I'm not so afraid of experiencing those emotions and I can trust myself around food because I'm not just like waiting for myself to fall into a trap and trip up. All right, that's this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around food so you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body, I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.